to a pleasure podcast for more from our sex podcast collective visit pleasurepodcasts.com hey slutty scholars before we get to the interview i just wanted to share some cool events that are coming up as you probably know i love building and fostering community as well as telling people about cool community events that are happening community is key for us slutty scholars so if you are needing more sex positive spaces check out my episode description for three upcoming events and listen up one is happening this sunday in los angeles it's called fair and it's a sex worker founded co-creating space that happens the last Sunday of each month. They have really cool events throughout the day. Check out Sunday Fair with an E F A I R E, Sunday Fair L A on Instagram for more info. That's Sunday Fair with an E L A on Instagram. Uh, another cool thing happening is this awesome kinky camping event going on August 11th to 14th in Oregon City, Oregon. It's called The Great Fox Hunt, and it's for all of us kinky, nature-loving pervs who want to create community, connection, and good memories in the beautiful Oregon forest. For more information and to apply, go to Black Fox Prod, like Productions, P-R-O-D, Black Fox Prod. Also super cool, this event benefits the local community and 20% of the profits will be donated to a local LGBTQ plus and BIPOC nonprofit. And of course, I am having an awesome event near Los Angeles happening on August 19th called Playdate. This is a guided play shop to explore how pleasure and curiosity can enhance your healing in all aspects of your life. For more info, check out pleasureismedicine.eventbrite.com. We are already sold out of the early bird tickets, so don't delay. Check out pleasureismedicine.eventbrite.com. And all these links are in the episode description. Now to the episode. Sluts and Scholars is a podcast produced by Sluts and Scholars Media, LLC. It is a shame-free educational podcast made for your entertainment and informational desires only. The podcast, any opinions we share, and any resources, including social media and emails from us, are not therapy, medical care, or professional advice, and do not create a patient-client relationship. None of the information, opinions, suggestions, resources, or exercises mentioned in this podcast should be used without clearance from your healthcare provider. All opinions, information, and ideas expressed by the guests are solely their own. If you need emergency mental health or medical help, please call 911 or 988 or go to your nearest emergency center. We hope you enjoy the show. Welcome back to another week of Sluts and Scholars. I'm Nicoletta Heidegger, and I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist and sexologist. And this week, I am very excited to welcome Midori. Trailblazing educator, artist, and irritant to banality, Midori teaches coaches and consults on alternative sexuality, BDSM, Shibari, cultural competency, and joyful empowerment through DS and thoughtful kink. She began teaching back in the 90s in San Francisco and shortly after she started Firehorse Productions. She's known for having penned the first instruction book on Shibari, uh, which past guest Dita Von Teese was on the beautiful cover of called Seductive Art of Japanese Bondage in 2001. 
uh, which paved the way for the popularity of rope play today. Uh, in 2002, she founded Rope Dojo and Forte Femme, which is a women's dominance intensive. Uh, in 2020, she launched this awesome monthly deep dive discussion that I think you're still having called Consent Dojo. Uh, and she's actually working on a follow-up book about Shibari, which I think people can get a sneak peek for on your Patreon. Uh, Midori is also the co-director of Curriculum uh, for Kink Informed Certification for the Sexual Health Alliance, uh, which listeners, if you've been tuning in for a while, uh, you know I used to work with and we had uh, the founder of it, Heather McPherson, on as well. Um, she's also the recipient of 2022 Humanitarian Award from the American Association of Sex Educators, Therapists, and Counselors, also called ASECT and the 2022 Effing Foundation grant, uh, along with having been honored with a sainthood, this is probably the most prestigious, especially now uh, with the Dodgers, the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. Uh, she also authored some awesome books, Wild Side Sex, Master Han's Daughter, and Toy Bag Guide to Foot and Shoe Worship, and Silk Threads. Uh, what a delicious mouthful. Welcome, Midori. Hi, thanks for having me. And <laughs> Hello, listeners and viewers. <laughs> okay, so I met you years ago at this the ASECT conference in Denver. And I remember at a colleague's party, you were doing this amazing self-flogging tango. I don't know if that's how you would describe it, but it was like this beautiful dance where you were hitting yourself. <laughs> can, you, can you tell think, me about that? I, I think somebody else was involved in that too. Oh, maybe. Honestly, it was all like a beautiful blur. Uh, I know there was somebody else involved in that. It definitely took two for that tango. Oh, how did you, how did that get inspired? It's like, it's gorgeously done. I wish, I don't know if you have any videos out there, but listeners, if you can imagine, it's like beautiful, sensual, slow tango, but there's a flogger involved and apparently another person. I guess I was just focused on you. Oh, there was definitely another person. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm um, like, was it me? <laughs> I don't think so. No. No, no, I remember who it was. So yes, <laughs> uh, my style of flogging, I think there's only one media that's captured that. There was one um, show, uh, one of these, not reality show, uh, called Sex Life. Mm -hmm. it was a very responsible one. I was really quite impressed with working with them, but they captured uh, the way in which I the st particular style my flogging however i am inspired by my particular style came out of what i learned from uh older leather men people that i would consider uh my teachers whether they like it or not or whether they're aware of it or not my teachers my leather uncles uh particular style of flogging that i believe came out of the 70s and 80s queer well, back then it wasn't called queer, but um, gay clubs and flag dancing. So there were several leathermen like Brian Dawson, Guy Baldwin, uh, Joseph Bean, who I admired very much. And when I was a wee little kinkling, I would go and listen to anything that they had to share. And particularly Mr. Dawson, uh, Guy... Guy Baldwin does a beautiful one too, but a, a fluid, um, elliptical, moving, passionate, emotional, and definitely inspired, definitely influenced by the disco dance floor flag dancing. Yes. And that's 
that's my source. And then I've added my own to it. I've during the pandemic, during the lockdown, I actually started an online uh twice a week program called Whip Fit. Oh using- my God, I'm really sad I missed this. I needed this during the pandemic. <laughs> Yeah. And so twice a week, we, you know, I would, it would be solo and using a flogger as a way for gentle movement, balance, Mm -hmm. a little bit of, a lot of core strength and could be cardio if people wanted it to be. I do that sometimes at conferences that, that hire me to do presentations as a little exercise. But I find that a lot of flogging that I have seen, unfortunately, tend to be the the person receiving, facing away, braced up against something, person doing the flogging, uh, step back, and there seems the only connect, it, it seems I am being biased here and judgmental. No, but I think, yeah, I think it is, uh, it's very... Um... I don't know. Like it just looks uh, transactional, which is fine if you're into transactional. We're disconnected. Disconnected. Uh, I mean, transactional. If that's negotiated for, is then that can be exactly. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) But I often see it as people trying to, and I think so much of kink is this. People have a gut feel, almost a wordless sense of what they seek, Mm -hmm. and. There's a large amount of kink education today, yes, and that's great, but I often find that it's skin deep or doesn't necessarily dive into the motivational core and and out of the want of seeking that ineffable something, that there's a rote repetition of things people have learned, methodologies and practice they've learned. And oftentimes stepping away with a vague sense of, well, this wasn't quite it. Mm. Well, I don't know if you agree with this, but I think for many, it can be easier to learn techniques like, oh, I do it this way. I'm doing things. And that's kind of how we, a lot of us live our lives. Like, what are you doing? What do you do? And I think there's a lot more internal work that's needed to actually like be with someone in kink mm-hmm. and to have that attunement. And so instead of just focusing on like, what do you want me to do to you? It's like, how do we want to co-create this sense sensory space? Um, and on that same topic, I think some of the like videos and demos and, and teaching I've seen you do, and we talked about this before we started recording, um, when I see you negotiating a scene I hear you say things like, how do you want to feel? How will I know if you're enjoying yourself? How will I know if you're not enjoying yourself? And these are things that I teach my sex therapy clients because some people's brains work in this way of like, what do you want to do, right? This sort of traditional yes, no, maybe list of like, I want to be hit here. I don't want to be hit here. I want to be hit in this way. But for my sort of sensual, energetic, blueprinted clients, they totally freeze up when they hear that word, what do you want to do? Or that phrase question, what do you want to do? And Mm -hmm. when they get asked the question, how do you want to feel? They like light up with so much information. And so I'm wondering like, what kind of started you asking that question? And then maybe I can give you a little demo of like, here's what I want to feel and how might you like foster that? So how did you kind of start asking that question? And and why do you think it's so important? 
I'll get around to that in a moment, but there's a little recontextualizing I'd like to do. Please. Uh, I, I agree with you that, that some people are more comfortable with what do we want to do and others uh, maybe less so. But even for those who are comfortable with what do we want to do, when introduced to the idea of how do we want to feel, I, I see the wheels going and I can I can see the little dog ears mm-hmm. going. Yeah, like no one's ever asked me that. Uh, and then perk. Um, and I think it's particularly an English language thing, but particularly North American and American to focus on the task deliverable. Yes. But the kink has so often been taught and in technical transaction or or what do we want to do? Um, Activity and skill. But why do we talk about activities and skill and try to find the overlap is fundamentally we're looking for a change of state. And somebody doesn't have to be in, a person doesn't have to be into um, deep internal work, uh, psychoanalysis of, um, or even be emotionally centered on emotional experience. But even for that, there is a, the reason that we use a tool is to have a desired outcome. So a cooking a parallel for cooking is what do we want to do? Lunch. Okay. What do we want to do? Stir fry. All right. These are technicals. What do we want to do? Good knife skills. But why are we doing lunch, stir fry, knife skill? Mm. Is to feel that- to feel full or to feel satiated or to feel spice <laughs> right or so even that lunch um is serves different motivations that go unspoken or yeah. a better example i like is hey um i want cake right why do i want cake i want cake because i'm having um uh energy drop and i need the chocolate and the sugar i want cake because it is an eight course meal and now it's time for dessert so there's a ritual component to it i want um cake because i um i smelled it walking by a bakery i want cake because it's my period and i want i want cake because i want to sit on it I want to sit on it. I want cake because it's my birthday. I want cake and lots of it because I just broke up and I'm eating my heartache and crying into the chocolate. Mm-hmm. So that makes a difference in terms of presentation, quantity, quality, etc. So right. even the people who are asking me technical and task deliverable, which in itself is not wrong, and the people who speak centered on or learned to center on skill and skill tool and technique have an intention and it doesn't even require a lot of internal work it's just a language shift okay we so we want to do spanking we want to do bondage great um how do we want to feel and it can be something as simple as silly fun um i want to cry and most people have never been asked that. Mm-hmm. 
And I think this is such a powerful question to ask for any type of erotic activity, not just kink or BDSM. So even if we're talking more traditional, you know, penetrative, other kind of sex, like to me, it's helpful to ask because especially if you're with a partner, if you just try to go for what you want to do and your partner's not necessarily into that item on the menu, there may be nothing happening. As opposed to if you can get in touch with like, how do I want to feel you may be able to better negotiate and figure out something you can both do together. Or if that original menu item isn't available, it's like, okay, well, here's what I can do for myself to feel that way. Or here's how I can get that that desire met elsewhere. Yeah. And just touching on the how do we want to feel. It doesn't even have to be deep for all y'all who's thinking like, I need to go to therapy. No, 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 no. Um, um, we can do the same thing with different want. Like, for example, if we both said, oh, let's do rope bondage. You have an idea in your head. I have an idea in, in my head. And I so often see, it's, it's not a desire discrepancy, but it's um, intention mismatch where in my head, I may be thinking of uh, rope bondage as something that is uh, engaging in more aggressive dominance and a bit of sadism mm -hmm. what you mm -hmm. might be thinking of i want to be held and and be you know be able to let go of my body and i want tenderness and so i start doing rope in the way that i thought rope is and then you're unhappy right. and feel misunderstood and i'm unhappy and feel like a misunderstood jerk mm -hmm. and we have a bad scene and yet we have technically achieved on our agreement mm. But yeah, because there's rope, right? Right. Our agreement was unspoken around the what we want to achieve. Because you know the thing about rope, for that matter, even floggers, um, or a whole hell of a lot of other kink tools, is depending on what we want to achieve, it's used differently. Yeah. Yeah. So let's say we were doing a scene, and mm -hmm. you asked me that, and I said, "Okay, I want to feel held. I want to feel seen. I want to feel special." How might you start fostering these in a in a place setting? Like what would that what would that actually look like? Okay. So I would take that in and I would see if there's overlap with what I want to feel and what I want to do. Because mm -hmm. before going into play, I suggest people, whether topping or bottoming, to do this thing I call check your gut and check your squirrels. Is squirrels the head? Yeah, the squirrels. Um see, I got Check your squirrels. Yeah, I don't have the squirrels in here. Oh, I think there was my luggage for a class. Uh, squirrels <laughs> meaning thought squirrels. You know, all those like I resonate to dos and the stresses, and I haven't oh, gotten yeah. the emails and the deadline, and I need to you know, pay the bill. And so many talk. fucking squirrels in there. Yeah. Right. So check squirrels mean am I distracted? Am I not? And I don't mean for us to be all like and zen and all present but just kind of take an inventory of you know hey nicolette i'm feeling a little bit distracted can you help me to show up can you help me to settle down or i am so about you right now because uh, so squirrel inventory okay and handle it. Now, so let's say let's say i'm like i have a lot of squirrels yeah. what could we do together that might help the squirrels to settle so I would be asking you about, all right, before we get the, get started, you said you've got a lot of squirrels. I like that <laughs> language because it takes the blame off of people. Totally. We all have squirrels in our heads. Yeah, it's just externalizing it a little bit. Yeah. And I might ask, 
honey, what do you need? You know, do you do you need to do stuff on your own? Is there something I can uh, help you to to um, temporarily stun them them squirrels? Yeah. Okay, so I would say something like, "I need you to hold me and stroke my hair for a while." Okay. See now that I could do. Uh, so we checked squirrel and checking each of our guts, self-checking, because the first negotiation is with oneself. Mm -hmm. So if I were to check my gut, am I like, and I don't mean like the technical, what do I want to do? You know, bondage, spanking, role play. No, it's like, am I little hungry? Am I a lot hangry? Uh, Mm -hmm. Am I, am I feeling feisty or mellow? Am I, am I delving into my shadow or am I in a almost childlike space? Right. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of like meta bigger bigger theme yeah. uh, or for some people a genre of a movie am i mm-hmm. feeling comedy or am i feeling horror mm-hmm. right so quick check on that and then you want to feel held and precious okay because we have to achieve an overlap in in both directions or we have one person whether topping or bottoming who's engaging in self-erasure mm, unless they're into that i guess well not in that learned self erasure kind of way, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. Because choosing it and having been conditioned are different. Yes, and it's, sometimes it's hard to tell, right? Yeah, and as a middle aged small Asian woman walking in the world, there's a lot of ways in which the world and society want to and try to erase me, and many of which I may have internalized. Oh yeah, how could you? How could one not? And on the other hand, if I want to be intentional, intentionally made into a sexy object by my lover, that just means I get a vacation from having to be responsible in my self-presentation. But anyhow, to find find mutuality, right? Am I in that place? So if I'm in a place where I'm feeling... I'm in my shadow. I'm feeling uh, monstrous. Am I? Am on the the verge of engaging in intense physical sensation? I want to consume you. Maybe this is not the day for us to play, mm-hmm. because either I'm going to slip into that and you won't have fun, or I'll be unsatisfied, feeling like a carnival ride operator. Mm-hmm. But okay, let's say that I do have a place where I want to be tender and precious or celebrate your vulnerability, mm-hmm. right? Then, great. So how do you want to feel? How do I want to feel? What's the overlap becomes how do we want to feel? And you asked the question earlier about how I've gotten to a um, place where I speak about that constantly, really. Yeah. Uh, even to a point of, as you earlier mentioned, how will you look like and sound like when it's good for you? What will I see in here when it's not good for you? This is what you'll see in here when it's good for me and not good for me. And notice I use observable language. Mm-hmm. So if I were to ask you about how do you feel when it's good for you, I'm asking about your internal experience. Yeah, you want to know what externally it's going to look like. Right, because your happy face 
my happy face, very different. Yeah, totally. I, I noticed that, and, and I didn't realize this until somebody with permission had taken some snaps of me playing. It was mm-hmm. in an environment where that was um, permitted and expected. Turns out in certain points and certain kinds of rope bondage play, and I'm topping, I look like this. <laughs> Angry focused. <laughs> and it doesn't look like I'm having fun. And I've had to explain this because the person receiving it, if there's, they're very sensitive to expression, like yeah. doing something wrong. Do you not want to be here? And like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm so concentrating. You are like my favorite puzzle right now. Mm, and that's how you look when you're working on your favorite puzzle. Yeah. And I'm losing, there's, there's like a performative face that we put out to the world, right? Even, even just like bored face in a meeting, there's a certain self-control. Yeah. That self-control that keeps us from rolling my eyes at some boss saying some dumbass thing. Yeah. And I mean, I'm taught as a therapist to like keep, you know, old school is keep a blank slate, which I don't really operate on. I'm more like human i think with my clients and i react you know sometimes based on how i'm feeling so they can have an actual attuned experience yeah and whether sex or kink oh my god i mean our faces in the midst of pleasure and it looks really weird have you seen the movie faces of ecstasy um no i haven't but there is a website that i remember maybe this is it where it just shows people's faces while they're like coming um And they all look like they're dying, contorted, you know, the little death. It's just like, what? are you okay, (laughs) ma'am? Yeah, it's, um, it was a movie created by uh, the amazing Joni Blank, who started Good Vibrations. Oh, amazing. And there was this hideous, frightening, terrible movie called Faces of Death, which captured people dying. And in response to that, she created this documentary of just the moment of people orgasming. And it looks the same. <laughs> the same. N- no, it didn't. Because uh. even in the face contortion, there's an elation, right? So she set up this um, almost like a bunk bed situation, but essentially a second floor with a hole for the camera and a large bed underneath. Cool. And just the face, nothing else, just the face. And maybe I know this because maybe there's a familiar face if you look at that movie. Yes. <laughs> uh, that was an excellent way for showing people that how we have orgasmic pleasure looks very different than how it's presented in media and porn. Mm-hmm. Really good film. I don't know where people can see it, but I hope people do because it's very giggle worthy. And yeah, we, we look very strange. Um, if I find it, I will put it in the show notes. If I don't find it and you're listening and you're a good tech person, send it my way. Slutsandscholars at gmail.com. <laughs> Please, please. Uh, and it really connects to that whole uh, history of sex positivity and education. And-, well, and, it's, and it's so good for people who experience shame because one of the barriers to, I mean, there's lots of ways to experience pleasure, but one of the barriers I see from my clients to orgasmic pleasure is how am I going to look? How am I looking? Right. And so this normalizing of like 
focusing more on like, how do you feel and letting your body just express that the way it needs to express that. But people are so afraid and so they don't let go and then their pleasure potential is compromised um, because they, they're they so focused on um, observing themselves. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly that. Uh, so I asked the question of, what will I see in here? And most people go, what? Oh, I'll look happy. I'm like, hmm. What does okay. happy look like for you? At which point I might ask, well, can you show me? Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh. I'm like, it's okay if it's even just performed. Just give me a sense of it. And then I'll give the example of my happy rope bondage face. And they're like, oh, Scow- yeah. scowling. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> um, so... When I and there's another purpose for that too. It becomes like somebody's expression. Like if somebody has their their fist balled up, for one person it's pre-orgasmic. The other person, it's about it's trauma fight. and rage and fight and self-defense. Right. Like yeah. I don't know, you're, you're clenching fist. Are you gonna come? Or are you gonna hit me? Yeah, um, or both. <laughs> right. Yeah, and that could be a very confusing place. Right. So, most people have not been asked this. Mm-hmm. Uh, even very experienced kingsters who've negotiated for years and decades have not been asked this. It, not only does it give the other person a roadmap of, of am I doing, am I on the right course of our action or am I not? So if, say I'm topping you with rope and you're making a particular face or sound, does that mean you're having a cramp? you're having a you're you're putting up with something you don't like or are you in delight i want to know i want to know so i can change course oftentimes when i ask this though people say oh you'll know when you see it well no Mm -hmm. uh or i'll tell you i say okay that's great we'll have a safe word conversation in a moment but by the time we take a visceral or reflect reflexive response like facial expression we don't think about it yeah in the moment by the time we have an experience and then we interpret it and then we have it interpret it send it to the language part of the brain form the words and then get past all the the whatever body chemical stuff that's happening and then turn it into words and hopefully it's words that you understand Mm -hmm. and it might even be that my primary or or primary language is another language Mm -hmm. or my sexual imprinted language is another language or you're not super verbal in those moments oh, yeah. where you said you were going to be verbal. And then if you don't speak up, people are like, I guess it's fine. Yeah. Uh, whereas if I know that if I'm clenching my fist, a little bit of mini biofeedback, right? I might even not notice my feelings until I'm having a body reaction. Mm-hmm. And therapists are particularly good at this area, but everyday folks and lovers and partners may not be thinking about that where so noticing in the self that oh apparently and i did not know this until others pointed out and it's true oftentimes we don't know it till others point out that when i'm having sneaky dominant fun <laughs> i do a side eye apparently. <laughs> and like i didn't know that and once I realize that, when I feel my eyes going, oh, I'm You're happy. like, I'm being sneaky. Yeah. 
having fun. Yeah. How do I identify what I'm enjoying? So often we are told about, well, I said I like this, so I should like this, or, or I am this demographic, so I must like this. Mm -hmm. Uh, Convince ourselves that we like. Or I liked this last week, so I should like it this week. Yeah, I I should like it now. Um, So sometimes the body gives us clues Mm -hmm. as to, am I enjoying this today or not? Yeah. I mean, like you said, I think for folks like us who have maybe done some of that work, it might be easier to be like, oh, here's how I want to feel and here's how I look, right? We have that insight. And let's say you're playing with somebody, maybe you would decide not to play with them yet, but let's say you're playing with someone who's like, I don't know. Like who the person who's never been asked that, who maybe doesn't have that embodied practice to be able to be like, what does I, I don't actually literally don't know. What might you like? Never played played in kink. Exactly. If you are listening to this podcast, I'm guessing you like to listen to things. If you're in the mood for something a little more slutty, check out Dipsy. Dipsy is an app full of hundreds of short, sexy audio stories designed by women. They also have sexy stories you can read. For listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash S&S. Remember, the more you support the advertisers, the more you support the podcast. Dipsy is awesome for a lot of things, but recently I was reminded that it's a great tool to learn more about your own desires and to share them with others if you'd like. So while some of you may want to keep your stories to private personal time, which is totally cool, I had a lover recently who asked me which stories were my favorite so that he could get some inspiration for our experiences together. I loved that. And if you're not in that kind of mood or just need a good bedtime story, they even have soothing sleep stories and wellness sessions. For listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering that extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash S&S. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to D-I-P-S-E-A, dipsystories.com slash S&S, dipsystories.com slash S&S. And I've got one more discount for you. Go to greenchef.com slash scholars60 and use code scholars60 to get 60% off plus free shipping at Green Chef. I recently have been having some health issues and have had to change my diet to be gluten-free and Green Chef has some amazing options for all kinds of eaters. Green Chef makes it easy uh, with plans to fit every lifestyle. Uh, As the only keto meal kit, Green Chef makes sticking to a carb-conscious lifestyle easy. They have high-protein meals and vegan and vegetarian options with certified organic produce. They also feature weekly menu and market items with the option to mix and match meals from different dietary preferences in the same box without changing your plan. I personally really love their easy 10-minute lunches. I'm saying easy a lot because it is easy (laughs) because I'm often on the go and don't have time to do elaborate cooking. Each week's menu includes two convenient low prep and nutritious lunch recipes that are ready in just 10 minutes with no cooking required. Perfect for when you're on the go like me and pressed for time. Go to greenchef.com slash scholars60 to use code scholars60 and get 60% off plus free shipping. That's greenchef.com slash scholars60 and use code scholars60 to get 60% off plus free shipping. Green Chef, the number one meal kit for eating well. 
So like, how might you encourage someone to like start navigating that? And would you still sort of play with them if they didn't have some of that language yet? Okay. Um, well, whether or not I play with them may also depend on uh, the investment in the relationship. Uh-huh. You know, primary partner or favorite lover, different than maybe somebody I just met at an event. Right. Right. Uh, risk factors are also different. Intimacy is also different. So however, I'm factoring that out. Mm-hmm. If they've never had kink experience or they've not been asked that, um, I might give them some multiple choice, but starting with uh, other experiences like, hey, do you do sports? Do you do what are other joy causing activities that you do? Mm-hmm. Uh, what, oh, you like roller coasters. Are you a screamer or a hold, hold your breath person? Uh-huh. And then what we're doing is instead of giving like a, a mental health quiz, we're talking about fun things we like to do. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Not overly therapisty. Yeah. Fun things you like to do. And then we start to get the body into a happy place, the memory into a happy place instead of, am I speaking correctly? And will I possibly be judged by this more experienced person who I, I feel vaguely intimidated by? And I don't know what I'm doing. And I'm afraid of all of the kink things. Why is she asking me about roller coaster? Okay. Mm. So then I might tap into that. Right. Yeah. So what, what other fun things do we do that might be akin to this? Mm-hmm. Right. So if it's you were saying about being held and and being uh, treasured and and uh, special, special. OK, so I might say, well, what other things do you do to feel touch and be special? Mm. And it might be like, oh, I like having my hair done. Yeah. Yeah, I would say for me, then I would like I like to be like. uh looked at and admired and like taken taken in okay and when almost has- like like perform like when i'm yeah. performing uh whether yeah. that's like doing a a talk or even doing like karaoke like having people like having attention on me and like watching me in my element oh nice okay and so that's where and you you may even start uh-huh. to notice your body and mood changing i noticed you just leaned in a little yeah, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I sat up straight, too. I was like, I'm I'm, I'm here now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, ever have the experience of trying on clothing uh, with an appreciative audience at, like, uh, clothing shopping, and you come out mm-hmm. of the dressing room? Yeah. Yeah, like that kind of feel. So I will start to do analogies of actual experience, then it starts to change the mood, but I also start to get information out of it. There's a multiple choice thing that I do. All right. uh, Multiple choice. I'll often give at least three. Like one is a, okay, you don't know what you look like when you're having you, or you might not know because you haven't been tied up or spanked. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, Do you think, and and you don't have to have the right answer, your best guess I'm going to give you a multiple choice and I'll, I'll say like something that's very common, uh, something that I relate to and something ridiculous mm-hmm. minimum. Of that. So, okay. Do you think you might be closing, closing your eyes and making like non-word sounds or do you think it is it possible you might be squirming and swearing or are you going to bust out singing show tunes? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Love it. Has that happened to you before? No. And the reason I put the ridiculous <laughs> thing in. Yeah. Just to normalize whatever the reaction is. And to give a chance to say no. 
Yeah. Yeah. Something that they know is a no in their body where they're like, that's so extreme for me. That's ridiculous. Why would I? I'm like, okay, we have a no now. But that's a good practice because then they know what, then I might in a therapist setting, maybe not necessarily the kink setting, like, how did you know it was a no for you? Like what happened in your body where you were like, that's not it. And I love making it silly because then it makes, uh, it invites laughter. Well, this is play. This is play. And I want to like remind, I mean, obviously if you've been tuning in, maybe you know how long you've been listening to us talk, but like, we haven't even gotten to the like, um, the actual action of it yet. But this is the kind of kink that personally I like is like, we're focusing on the sensations. We're focusing on the connection. We're focusing on the attunement and like how much more delicious all the other stuff can be. And also reminding, I mean, if you've been tuning into the podcast, you may not be new in kink, but a reminder that like, this is not what is shown in most media stuff, right? It's shown, like you said, as a little more cold, a little more disconnected, a little more aggressive, a little more violent. And like, that's cool if that's what you're into. And this can curate so much more and remind people that it really is play, that this is play, this is relational, this is sensory, um, which I think gives people a whole wider spectrum to be like, I'm kinky. um, Because to me, it's just adult play. And we're like negotiating how we're going to play. Yeah. And and, uh, yeah, it it is. about Oh, my definition of BDSM, which I think you may have heard of. My definition is uh, childhood joyous play with adult privilege and cool toys. Yes. (laughs) Literally, that's it. It's uh, cops and robbers with fucking. I would like to remind <laughs> people that Simon Says is a dominance and submission game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, I'm, and I'm literally. I will. I'm probably promoing it in this episode, but I'm literally hosting an event on this um, on August 19th in uh, in Malibu near Los Angeles, um, teaching people how to play again. So it's sort of like this inner child play date with the goal potentially to incorporate this into their sex and other life, but it doesn't even have to be right. It's just like, like you said, it's the adult permission, but a lot of us don't give that permission as adults anymore. So I'm literally hosting an event with my colleague, Irene morning about this exact topic. Adulting can be so boring and soul crushing. Yeah. That's why we're doing it. Cause we're both like, we're tired of this shit. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, and the the simple question of how do we want to feel, right, mm-hmm. together jointly, yeah. um, we start with how do you want to feel, how do I want to feel, but it ends up with how do we want to feel. Yeah. Uh, that question, what do you look like, sound like, mm-hmm. and these all get into to really important things without having... A person doesn't have to have a lot of internal work. They don't have to have the fancy language. They don't have to know about um, therapeutic and personal growth practice and embodiment. I can just be like, okay, so do you scrunch your eyes or open your eyes? Mm. And yeah. oh, the ridiculous question. Oh, I love those. I come up with all sorts of really bizarre one and people look at me like, I believe it. <laughs> You're very creative. <laughs> what do you mean slap with a fish? No. <laughs> Well, okay. Oh, yeah. One of the ways that you do play is through through rope, through shibari. Um, and I read an article of yours recently in um, past guest Zoe Liggins' uh, Spectrum Boutique Journal um, from probably a couple of years ago. And 
Uh, there's a quote in it where you said, um, for all that we do in the pursuit of joy and pleasure, let's embrace the messy complexity of humanness. And so I have a wondering for you of like, as we're talking about play and pleasure and being a little bit silly and ridiculous, is there a recent or past standout moment of like a messy play pleasurable thing that you can share just to like give a little idea of like what that can look like? Okay. I have a, I won't say regular, but more, um, perhaps commonly occurring, and then also a ridiculous example. Great. Let's hear it. So the... And I just saw the side eye too. So oh, <laughs> I don't know if you noticed it. But, I, I totally uh, did it, right? Yeah, yeah, you totally did it. It was like, hmm. <laughs> like remembering those moments. I totally saw it. Exactly. And for those of you who are watching in video, just back up a little. Yeah. And then you'll see it. <laughs> yeah, you'll it's, see it's it. Unconscious, right? Uh-huh. I love it. Um, it was actually my Forte FM students that pointed me pointed that out to me. And we uh-huh. do an exercise that is about awareness of our physical responses to pleasure. And it's a whole sneaky exercise I do. Yeah. Um, so a, a one that may be common, uh, misperception is that rope bondage or shibari must be perfect. Perfectly done, these ties perfect, ropes laid perfect, and doesn't have to be. Uh, my, there's a video of me and Zoe playing, uh, sex stuff, which I'll send you a link. We had, yeah, it's a beautiful video. Would recommend. Thank you. And it started off with just, let's try this out. And then it melted into a very genuine play. The ropes are not perfect. It's not laid perfect for those who are want uh, wanting to compare it to like step by step instructions. No, it's not perfect. It's there's moments when I uh, the ropes are loose, they're um, moving, the shapes are changing. The point wasn't the execution of perfect package wrapping or macrame. The point was pursuit of shared pleasure and joy. I no longer care if the ropes are not perfect as long as the scene is perfectly suited to us yeah it could be like a pile over here uh hell there's mixed different textures of rope because that's what i had in hand i ran out of rope so i grab i grab a uh, a bathrobe belt and i put it in there whatever um do we have fun and mm. is it a gorgeous mess and so that's anyone who's who's trying to learn rope bondage online. There's a tendency. Listen carefully to your auntie right now. Um, mm-hmm. That there's this idea that the perfect execution of ties is the point of shibari. No, that's like trying learning how to uh, have perfect onion cutting technique, but not knowing that that's actually for lunch. Mm. how do you how can we stay in something like shibari how can we stay messy and having fun in the moment and still be aware of safety um because i'm not saying of course it doesn't have to be perfect ties but you know when you're tying someone there's parts and pieces to be aware of that can cause you know physical harm um how do we stay in that messy creative place while keeping that in mind 
or emotional harm because somebody of doesn't course. listen to. Yes. Uh, first thing would be giving all parties involved the uh, requirement, not just a request, that if something ain't working or something is working, tell the other. <laughs> it starts with that. Because again, the your happy face might look like, to me, I'll interpret it as your trauma face. Yeah. You're triggered. Fantastic. We're going to stop now. And you're going, uh, I was fine. Um, or common one is a person receiving rope feeling like, well, let's see, my, my leg is tingly, my arm's tingly, but I shouldn't say anything because that's not good submission. That's not good bottoming. Or mm -hmm. I don't want this to stop. Or oh, it's no big deal. It'll pass. I disempowered, I erased myself, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. As opposed to saying, having fun, but right leg tingly. Okay. So then the other person has an option of not stopping the scene, but simply rolling over. Mm -hmm. Right. So if I don't speak up, I don't give you the chance to do your amazing problem solving. So the first thing's that. Um, one, another one is, so this is where, you know, social media is so toxic about creating unattainable comparison. Mm -hmm. Yep. <laughs> and yeah, if I don't do it like this, it's not right. Right. So if I don't do rope bondage in the way that I see it in these videos and these instructions, it's not right. So I'm going to try to overreach on my skill level, but not paying attention to the objective of the shared joy. Mm. So in, instead, I would encourage us to say, okay, how do we want to feel? One, mm. two. What's the skill set that each of us have within which we can make that happen? As opposed to, I must do complex suspension in order for it to be shibari. Mm -hmm. Now I'm overreaching my skill set and the possibility that things can go, oh, completely fucked up mm -hmm. in all possible ways now increases. Yeah. Now let's say I only know how to tie my shoelaces. By the way, tying your shoelaces is a very complex skill, and I have an entire exercise article that's, it's one of my chapters of my upcoming book. Amazing. And it's out in, uh, I'm doing, a. Um, you can see my future chapters for free that I'm doing like little trial runs. Of, yeah, so uh, we've all been doing rope tying skills for, for yeah. years now. <laughs> yeah, so go, go check out my chapter releases and find the article that says how to tie your shoelaces. And there's a very strange exercise in there. So how to tie your shoelaces? If I only know how to tie your shoelaces and we want to do rope bondage, yeah. well, I'm going to operate within that. In knowing how to tie my shoelaces, in knowing how to make me do one simple two-column tie, and that's kind of akin to tying shoelaces, if I can tie two columns together, well, your body is many two columns. That's all I know how to do. I could not only tie your wrists together, I could tie your your biceps to your body. I could tie your ankles together. I could tie your wrist to the headboard. Mm -hmm. uh, I have a limited set of skills. 
And instead of going, well, I can't do rope bondage because I don't know all these things, so we'll never do it. Or as I hear from many of my students before they start uh, you know, working and learning and studying with me is, well, I must know all of the things before I can surprise my girlfriend. Mm. No, just let's give you a simple skill and you start playing tonight. Yeah. And they're like, but I don't know all the things. Okay, you don't. Does does your girlfriend good at speaking out? Yes. Are you going to be? Yes. Okay. Only use these skills and go have, go fuck. Mm -hmm. Really? Should I know a body harness? No. You're now starting to worry. No. Yeah. Okay. You don't, oh, but I must have fancy rope. No. What should I get? Okay, you know how to tie your shoelaces? Great. Get those ridiculously long um, kids' cotton flat shoelaces. And, and use that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, use that. Actually, those are really great. Um, mm-hmm. They're soft. They're cheap. They're disposable, uh, unintimidating, and easy to cut out of, uh, and also fun to make decorative if you want lots of colors. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> great. Love you it. Don't, you, you don't need expensive um, special hemp or jute rope. Uh, I and I will. I me thinks me sense elitism and gatekeeping mm-hmm. when people are saying, "Well, you must use this sort of rope and know all of this and know the Japanese terminology." That is akin to saying you can't learn to drive unless you got a late model Audi. And know how an engine works with the language of engineering. Yeah, I like that metaphor. I'd never drive. I, w- I would still not be able to drive. Yeah, <laughs> same. Yeah. Um, okay, so going back to the, what was the other weird, fun story, funny story? Oh my God. Okay. Other messy scene. Okay. Definitely not for everyone, but oh God. <laughs> I'm excited for this. this if it's making you respond that way, I'm excited. Oh, to oh, I'm sorry, that was going. Yeah, yeah um, and the lot, lots of hand yeah. gestures. Yeah. Uh, this was at Ropecraft uh, a few years back. Fantastic event, by the way. I highly recommend it. And I had been uh, approached by a lovely person about, hey, want to do a scene together? Uh, the approach, though, that was even glorious. So at Ropecraft, this person came up and acquaintance, right? By the way, this was a beautiful, beautiful um, pickup play cruise. In other words, pickup play you know, as somebody at an event, we're not necessarily acquainted. Hey, want to play. But instead of coming up and saying, are you a top? I want a bottom. Presumptuous. And how about a hello? They came up, introduced themselves, reacquaintance and and said, I, I don't know what your intention is at this conference, or even if you're interested in playing, or even if we have mutual interests or an interest to interact, but how do you feel about talking about the possibility of maybe playing? Love that. Great intro. Yeah, that totally caught my attention to the assumptive and demanding, uh, hey, will you taught me? I pretty much always say no when it's somebody I don't know because they've already irked me. Mm -hmm. But this person charmed me. Like, oh, you actually want to talk. You're only asking for consent to talk. Oh, 
that was so refreshing. And by the way, that should not be refreshing. I wish that were more normal and yeah, common. Totally. So we ended up talking. We were both in a toppy mood. And with prior conversations about clowns and surrealism, we agreed to co-top in clown scene. And nice. do a, a forced clown terror scene. Oh, uh, I would need to hear more about this. Yeah, it's a whole long story that I think I actually tell it in... Uh, oh, hi, Sam. The cat just brought her toy over. I think she's not happy that... No, I'll play with you later. <laughs> Sam, how do you want to feel? <laughs> Sam. Um... So we ended up, and this is at a, a rope bondage conference. Mm -hmm. And my request was this. We're at a rope bondage conference. I'm teaching five classes. Yeah. One, I don't want to speak. So I became the... You were a mime. <laughs> I was the silent sidekick clown. <laughs> Great. Love it. And he was the loud barker carnival maestro clown and also we're at a rope bondage conference let's not use rope so we did balloon bondage oh yes and yes we had whipped cream in pie plates <laughs> we had balloon bondage we had i love it yeah, and talk about messy. I wasn't prepared for this. I didn't have props or outfits, so I made a clown outfit out of um, trash bag and duct tape and <laughs> used lipstick as face paint. Do you have pictures of this? You need to send them. No, because it was one of these, you know, oh, no, no picture photos. things. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm getting and, a good mental image. Yes, and uh, yeah, so there was we, we put down the tarp because whipped cream yeah uh balloons were popping and it's really amazing how and this is part of the reason i i asked about using balloons for bondage is people get really anxious about a balloon popping mm -hmm. so they'll they'll move more carefully yeah yeah and then they're like having a that little fear response of like it, waiting anticipatory for the balloon to pop yeah, and I may have used a um, fillet of orange ruffy to slap somebody. I may have. Of what? Fish? Fillet of fish. <laughs> Wait, so earlier when you when you offered the slapping of the fish thing, it was an actual time when you slapped somebody with a fish. Another thing about the ridiculous ask. Are you've done all of them. Sometimes a ridiculous ask might be something I want to do, but I'm just I'm testing not... the waters. <laughs> and if somebody says no, great, you're able to say no. I love that. I'll find so, someone else later to slap with a fish. <laughs> and if somebody says yes, I'm like, really? <laughs> so, yes. Perfect. Yeah. I love so, it. Yeah, that was seriously physically messy. Um, we didn't have like a plot line, but we had props mm -hmm. and we had, we had two people bottoming to us that 
wanted to have that, like not clown phobic, but wanted to have that, like a little bit of fear. Yeah. So that was messy a lot. Bravo. Love it. <laughs> and talk about playing, right? I mean, it, yeah. this was the whole negotiation and setup was like two kids going, okay, okay, okay. We're going to set up a haunted house and who wants to come to our haunted house? Right. <laughs> yeah, like We've created it. We've got trash bags. We have pies. We have. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. It was completely like but it's it is child like childlike in the best way of like remembering dress up or remembering like all the cool props you could you used to be able to use for different things when you were like it's a house it's a fairy garden it's a whatever and you're like that's sand and two sticks right <laughs> like there the creativity and the imagination um is something i we all need to sort of reflex that muscle to have more fun in in sex and in our lives all of this that we've been talking about, once we start thinking about it, it makes a lot of sense. It does require practice and, and somebody to open the door. Mm-hmm. Um, I end up doing a lot of that in Fort FM. Uh, it's a three-day women's dominance intensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, and exciting news, I restarted it. When is the next one coming up so people can uh, check it out? Well, we were on a COVID pause because I was being extra cautious. Yeah. Also during COVID, we lost our two beautiful campuses or locations in New York and mm. uh, San Francisco. You know, businesses change, uh, businesses go out of business, buildings get sold. Mm-hmm. So, But now we have a gorgeous place, not in San Francisco, but in Oakland Hills. Mm-hmm. The first uh, cohort group, first session is July 7th to 9th. There will be more dates and we will be announcing them in my newsletter as well as social media. So stay tuned. The The weekend is for uh, the weekend is for women, trans women are women and non-binary people who kind of lean towards the femme side of things. Uh, and so that's with four, it's three days. It's hard work. But one of my alumni uh, described it as five years in three days. Mm. Do you ever come and, to it in LA? No, because I have a whole team in uh, both, both in coasts. both locations. Got it. Got yeah, it. Locations. So I've got a whole team in place. Um, I do small classes in different areas and certainly a lot of uh, virtual classes yeah. for those who want to check out my virtual classes I have yeah this is the- we're having to wrap up anyway so this is a perfect yeah. opportunity to tell people how they can all these things okay. how they can find you classes all that good stuff good uh my virtual classes videos are in my patreon i also have live zoom office hours every other week for my patreon subscribers i wanted to make myself available but i also wanted to respect my time mm-hmm. and respect my labor yep uh, really smart conversation cuz i'm a nerd and you know birds of a f- nerdy feather a, sl- a slutty scholar would you say uh yes yes <laughs> um so Patreon, come join me there. It also, Patreon allows 
the support. They can get sneak previews of your book chapters, right? Oh, well, the sneak previews of my book chapter are actually free on Twisted Monk. Oh, wow. Nice. And for folks who don't know, Twisted Monk is another rope resource um, person. Fantastic videos there. Uh, So my Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Planet Midori. It allows me to create my artwork, but also supports me to do the monthly shows like Consent Dojo, where it's not just about sexual consent, but aspect of consent and people who have fascinating perspective on consent society and and being alive. I had a curator come in and we discussed, can we truly consent to art? Mm. I have a tech security specialist coming in. Mm-hmm. from the Securing Sexuality Conference, yeah. talking about digital privacy and consent. Wow, interesting. Um, I had Dr. Betty Martin. I have like, amazing people coming in. Yeah. But I do this for free, which is why Patreon makes it possible. So Maybe we should do a talk about the importance of play. Yes. <laughs> and I have guest presenters in my Patreon as well, so come on by to that. I also... Uh, teach for conferences like Ropecraft, like Dark Odyssey, and even conferences like Securing Sexuality and ASECT for industry, mental health professional and tech professionals. Uh, so there's that. And then there's Port FM, the dominant women's dominance intensive. And that's going to be serious hard work. It's not going to be as much as the wacky pokey bindy because there's plenty of places to learn that. But it's about the head and the heart of engaging in ethical power and co-creating authentic pleasure. I'm uh, kind can of, you please have one for men? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't have a lot of male doms I like to refer to who I trust in their ethical power. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, Marsha B and I did a men's course and it was not... The people who came really enjoyed it, but we had a hard time filling the seats, so we had to close it. Mm. That is disappointing to hear. It it speaks a little too much, though, of the reality of the situation. However, Fort FM, uh, it's an investment in pleasure and deeply CPO, sexual, and compassionate. But it's hard work, y'all. I encourage people to wear um, comfy clothing like fuzzy slippers and and uh, yoga outfits and For self-care, um, the sexiest dom gear, fuzzy yeah, and, slippers and onesies and all that. And hey, we can actually learn how to engage in amazing sexy dominance while in a yeah, fuzzy because pose. yes because it's about the energy right at least it is for me like i feel like if you have the energy for something you can make anything sexy you can make anything powerful like so i'm all about the uh doming and onesies that's totally my vibe that's that's it absolutely <laughs> yeah, i mean fetish wear sexy too but wear it because it pleases you not because you not feel like that's what on paper it's supposed to look like what i see on in media Hey, Slutty Scholars, I just wanted to share some cool events that are coming up. As you probably know, I love building and fostering community, as well as telling people about cool community events that are happening. Community is key for us Slutty Scholars, so if you are needing more sex-positive spaces, check out my episode description for three upcoming events and listen up. 
One is happening this Sunday in Los Angeles. It's called FAIR, and it's a sex worker-founded co-creating space that happens the last Sunday of each month. They have really cool events throughout the day. Check out Sunday FAIR with an E, F-A-I-R-E, Sunday FAIR, L-A, on Instagram for more info. That's Sunday FAIR with an E, L-A, on Instagram. Uh, Another cool thing happening is this awesome kinky camping event going on August 11th to 14th in Oregon City, Oregon. It's called The Great Fox Hunt, and it's for all of us kinky, nature-loving pervs who want to create community, connection, and good memories in the beautiful Oregon forest. For more information and to apply, go to Black Fox Prod, like Productions, P-R-O-D, Black Fox Prod. Also super cool, this event benefits the local community and 20% of the profits will be donated to a local LGBTQ plus and BIPOC nonprofit. And of course, I am having an awesome event near Los Angeles happening on August 19th called Playdate. This is a guided play shop to explore how pleasure and curiosity can enhance your healing in all aspects of your life. For more info, check out pleasureismedicine.eventbrite.com. We are already sold out of the early bird tickets, so don't delay. Check out pleasureismedicine.eventbrite.com and all these links are in the episode description. Now to the episode. Well, there is so much we covered and so much more to be covered, but people can check some of that out and all those amazing resources. Um, Midori, thank you so much for for joining today on this conversation. Um, for folks who want to continue following the podcast, remember I'm on Instagram at Sluts and Scholars on Twitter at Slut Scholars. You can listen anywhere you get your podcasts. Uh, please don't forget to rate and review and check out those advertiser discounts. Um, as a practice for aftercare, how are you feeling in this moment? What do you I'm, need? Well, I'm feeling great. Well, what I want versus what I need. What I want is to keep talking with you. <laughs> well, you'll have to come back. But there is this hard limit today called time. Uh, time is a fucking annoying hard limit. Yeah, um, I like yeah. to respect hard limits, but time is hard to respect her limits. And my aftercare from our time together is I think I need to go sit on the porch and look at the horizon with a cup of tea so I can like bring down my conversational excitement. How about you? Um. Yeah, I... I'm excited to go make like a really fancy lox bagel with all the fixings on it. Um, and I need to go feed some of my animals, but it's also fun for me to do that. So probably getting outside and eating. And I think Sam wants me to play because she dragged one of her cat toys all the yeah. way over. <laughs> yeah. Once you take care of you, then, then we can play Sam. Well, thank you so much for joining. And again, listeners, thanks for tuning in and we will talk to you next time. Sluts and Scholars is a podcast produced by Sluts and Scholars Media, LLC. It is a shame-free educational podcast made for your entertainment and informational desires only. The podcast, any opinions we share, and any resources, including social media and emails from us, are not therapy, medical care, or professional advice, and do not create a patient-client relationship. None of the information, opinions, suggestions, resources, or exercises mentioned in this podcast should be used without clearance from your healthcare provider. All opinions, information, and ideas expressed by the guests are solely their own. 
If you need emergency mental health or medical help, please call 911 or 988 or go to your nearest emergency center. We hope you enjoy the show. 